0: hello guys thank you for tuning back in I'm psyched for this new episode as usual the episode will cover the basics being not just a landlord all right not just a landlord but a good one but a good landlord we will discover we will discuss how you can be a good landlord a lot of times 60% of the time the issue is not even the tenant but rather the landlords cause the issue somehow through how they are managing the property how they are managing the tenants or they just didn't do a good enough job screening in order to find the right tenant. So yeah, to you landlords out there, make sure every issue you have with a tenant, any issue that arises, think about how you might have caused it. How do you communicate with your tenants? Ask yourself those questions. How do you communicate with them? How are your boundaries? What are the expectations? We will cover all of that in this episode. If you all think I'm crazy, Thinking that way, it's one of the things I learned to accept after reading Extreme Ownership by Joko Wheeling. It's this act of taking total ownership of everything that happens in your life rather than just blaming other people. And quite frankly, in this generation of ours, I feel like it has gotten worse. Everybody just want to blame one another instead of taking responsibility, especially us millennials, we are the worst. One example gives one example is the whole student loan crisis. For example, millennials are out there. They are blaming the baby boomers for economic dis- despair, saying they are drowning student loans and whatnot, and are protesting for the student loans to be canceled. I get it, but I hate to say this. I do not believe student loans should be cancelled. I'm speaking as someone that also have my own student loans from college. My family couldn't afford paying for my college college expenses, hence I had to take student loans as well just like majority of, of folks out there. I believe millennials, I believe we should be protesting. And get the government to tackle the high cost of college education because it's ridiculous. It's just college is just too expensive. Canceling student loans won't change anything because the very next day, more kids will be signing up for the new loans. Anyways, back to taking responsibility. Let's say, even with this student loan issue, right? Millennials, we should blame ourselves, like I say. For example, I personally blame myself for going to a four-year public college when I should have gone to a community college for two years and save some money and transfer after that to a four-year college so I don't end up with lots of student loans, right? Does that make sense? Had I done that, my current student debt could have been about 75% less than what it is right now. You see what I did there? I took responsibility and I've owned the fact that it's my fault. And I signed up for it. So no, I don't want the government to cancel it. If they do, cool, that's fine with me. If they don't, that's fine too. I'm more than happy to take care of my responsibilities, slash mistake. Yet we have millennials and bunch of people out there going to private schools that they cannot afford not thinking that after their fun is over, they will be drowned, drowned in debt. I have a buddy of mine that I used to work with in corporate, making pretty much the same salary as me. He went to a private school, raked over $100,000 in debt just for a four-year bachelor's degree, and he's now complaining about his loans and blaming everyone else but himself. Another example is I currently live close to a college of music that costs $66,000 a year to go there. I was shocked. $66,000 a year. That's $264,000 for four years to get a music degree, which quite frankly, there's not that much demand for it in this market. If it's to become a doctor or lawyer, maybe I get it, but don't tell me you are going to get a music degree that costs that much. Don't get me wrong, if music is your passion by no means, please go ahead and go to school for it, but go to a cheaper school so you don't end up drowning in student loans for years and years when high chance you, you won't be able to earn enough to make those loan payments while trying to live comfortably. You won't be able to invest. You won't be able to take care of your family when you have that much student loans with a degree on which there's no demand. I'm speaking to those that come from poor backgrounds like myself, which quite frankly is the majority of your minorities out there, that in order to go to college, you had or you you have or had to take student loans. If you are wealthy or your family is paying for your education outright, then I would care less if you go to a music school that costs 70k a year. My whole point is for us millennials, for everybody listening for us minorities, let's start taking extreme responsibility of every situation we are in. Once you start taking responsibility of things that aren't even your fault or are out of your control, you get to find yourself to be more happier and tackle life in a pretty positive manner and find yourself making less errors or less upset of what life throws at you. So yeah, to all of us landlords out there, let's start by blaming ourselves and finding where we could have avoided the issue that the tenants caused and whatnot. I know landlording is not easy, folks, but it's not crazy stuff either. However, if you don't want to be a landlord and just would prefer to get passive income, you also still can own properties and just hire a property management company to deal with all the dealing with the tenant aspect of things. I personally wouldn't recommend you folks to get a property management company because you'll be paying them 7 to 10% of their rent. That 7 to 10% that the property management companies charge, it will end up messing up with with your profit margin. I would recommend you folks to just manage it for yourself until you have more than 10 properties then start looking at the possibility of getting a property management company involved alright folks so let's get down to business on how you can be a great landlord first thing is you need to keep in mind to treat your property as a business because it is even if it's just a single-family house that you own that you are renting out, let's say the bedrooms at the end of the day it's still a business since you are generating income from it. So make sure to maintain professional, to remain professional with your tenants. Keep track of your finances, maintenance, and make sure you bring in good tenants through having an extensive screening process. All right. That's the first thing you guys should be able to do once you're a landlord. I cannot emphasize enough on the importance of having an extensive screening process. You have to make sure that you screen your tenants very well. I will have an episode that is just all about screening so you guys could learn the ins and outs on how you can better screen your your tenants. The second thing is make sure your property is in a great condition, well taken care of, and comply with all the federal, state, and local laws where your property is. That that is very important as well because it will help you not find yourself in trouble there's a lot of so some laws you need to know are lead safe laws fair housing laws fair credit reporting acts landlord tenants laws eviction rules and procedures and whatnot you need to really be aware of those stuff first thing i'll talk about here is lead safe lead lead based paint and dust are very hazardous especially for kids six years and under Hence why it's required for any home that was built before 1978 to get tested for lead and to obtain a lead certificate if kids reside in that home. In some other places like Cleveland, Ohio, as of March 2021 of this year, regardless of whether or not you have kids residing in your property, you need a lead safe certification. So please, I recommend you guys to check lead safe laws in your area. And make sure that you are abiding by them in order to prevent future loss and if not sure who to reach out to uh, to re- regarding the lead and whatnot you can reach out to your town's department of building and housing and ask them about lead certificate requirements in case your home has a lead don't be scared folks it costs roughly 10 to 17 dollars or so per square foot to delay their home so it's not too expensive don't freak out don't leave a good deal because you, you, you're suspecting it, oh, it might have a LED, or because the previous one did not give you a lead certificate. No, don't worry about that. It doesn't cost that much. It's not a deal breaker to buy a home that does not have a lead certificate or you're not sure whether or not it's lead certified. The other thing you have to be aware of, like I, talk, I talked about briefly, is Fair Housing Act. The Fair Housing Act basically says that it's illegal to discriminate in the sale of rental or housing. So what does it mean for you landlords? Basically, you can't discriminate folks because of their race, color, religion, familial status, sex, national origin, or disability. So I urge you all to be very, very careful on how you phrase your leases, folks. How you phrase your leases, your rental applications, and how you talk or text your tenants or tenants to be. Does discrimination in this business still happen? Definitely. But I urge you all to be careful, especially when it's come to reason why you gave tenants to be as to why you did not pick them. Never tell them that you did not pick them because they have kids and kids aren't allowed in your apartment. Mm -hmm. That will get you in trouble. You will get sued for that. That's illegal. So be careful how or the reasons that you give tenants or tenants to be or just how you associate with folks in this business. The next point I'd like for you guys to be aware of are landlord-tenant laws, eviction rules and procedures and so on. You need to understand both your rights and responsibilities including that of your tenants. Know them very well and stick to them. Most of them are common stuff but some vary. So some laws vary from state to state. So I urge you all to just Google landlord rights and responsibilities in whatever state your investments are in and then and ensure that you abide by them. Also make sure that you learn the eviction procedures in your town because every town and state and whatnot is different. You can Google those as well or consult with a real estate attorney in your area. It shouldn't cost you that much if you consult with an attorney. So apart from the laws, what are some ways you can be a good landlord? First of all, if a tenant is new to the area, help them by giving them suggestions about the area, where things are, and often Second thing, always remind calm, cool, and collected, and professional when handling problems. This business can have hiccups here and there. We get it. High chance, no matter how good your screening process is, you will have times when tenants just pay late or do something that you won't be pleased with. But as a landlord, always keep yourself calm, cool, and collected in spite of whatever the situation is that you're dealing with. Beside of this being a professional way of doing business, there is a lot of landlord-tenant laws out there that prevent landlords from threatening tenants or infringing on renters' rights. So to prevent that, make sure you know your laws, and always stay professional. The other point I like to make is be accessible. Make sure your tenants are able to easily reach you if they need anything at all at, at all times. You know, in case of your margin, so just any issue that arises, make sure you are very accessible to your tenants. The other point is have a great system. Make sure that you have a great screening process to avoid issues that will end up arising due to poor screening due to poor screening. Because trust me, you can easily spot a bad tenant if you do proper screening. That doesn't mean you you, you won't end up having someone bad even if you do a really well screening, but you'll avoid, you, you, you'll highly avoid it if you have a good screening method. The other point is like walk the tenants through the lease and ensure that everyone understands their obligation. Don't just give the tenants the lease for them to sign and then they can go read it at home, no. Make sure you walk them through the list, each line item one by one, so that you all understand each. The other point is make those repairs. There's a bunch of cheap landlords out there, including myself sometimes. But guess what, at the end of the day, it's important to get things fixed. You need to get them fixed if they need to. Or like anytime the tenant puts in a request, make sure you get those things fixed. Failure to do that, it will make the tenant start holding rent back and just causing so many unnecessary issues. The other point I like to make and it's a very very important point is practice compassion. This business is a tricky one as we know most people in this country spend over 30% of their income on housing expenses whether it's rent or mortgage meaning that things can get pretty tight even with your best tenants. So to be a good landlord folks try to work with your tenants when they're a few days late or even a few weeks late. But obviously, don't let them make it a habit, though. I'm not saying let them, like, pay late every time. No, when they fall short here and there, that's fine. Work with them. All right, folks, until next time, stay hungry. Thank you for listening to Minority Landlords Podcast. Please like and subscribe, and leave us a rating on iTunes so that we can reach as many people as possible. We will appreciate it if you tell your friends and family, too, about the podcast. Also visit us at MinorityLandlords.com.